airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B. and Jay Mack are on tap with us as well. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple guests who are going to join us, a couple of our friends who are participating in the Marriage Family Life Conference. Yes. And uh, we are going to talk about their roles in the conference. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, it's one of those things where you can see clearly that the Lord provides um, mm-hmm. people to um, build up the body of Christ, yeah. right? Like, and, and they work in various capacities uh, in doing that. And it's just kind of unique to see because you meet these people right at the time that you're kind of, you know, praying about your heart is kind of stirred in a particular area. And and then you meet them and it's like, oh, we actually specialize in this. This is something that we've been doing, you know. (laughs) Um, And what I mean by that is that the first the very first year that we did the Marriage Family Life Conference, it was simply the Marriage Family Life Conference. Mm -hmm. And um, we had about 300 people attend. Yeah. And it was just an incredible time. Yeah, um, and it and was. one of the things that you've always said, Will, and, and you can elaborate on this, is that you never want a conference just a conference. Right. So you actually had people coming to you and saying, hey, we should do a conference. We should do a conference. And <laughs> you were just kind of like, nah. Like, you know. <laughs> right, right. Um, but the Lord started to stir your heart that the body of Christ needed to be equipped. And there are all sorts of conferences that are taking place. Right. But um, your heart was stirred that this should be different. Yeah, yeah, I I just wasn't of the mindset of just doing a conference just to just to have one, yeah. you know. But at the proper time, I felt like, man, now is the time, and I mm-hmm. I, I think the Lord really led that, you know. And uh, that first conference was awesome, and uh, I praise God for you know the people who took part in it, and and we did it again, and it grew, and so we're just looking for uh, ways to help equip families you know, for, for what's going on today in yeah. the culture. And we see this as an opportunity to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the first year we did it, it was simply the Marriage Family Life Conference. And then the second year, um, we added a theme, which was hold 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 the line or holding the line, mm-hmm. I want to say, yep. is what we did. Um, this year's theme, and then, of course, we skipped the third year. Um, mm-hmm. Because everybody skipped much of anything <laughs> that was happening last year. Uh, they were forced to. Yeah. They had no choice. Uh, but then this year is uh, by design. Yes. And the Marriage Family Life Conference is unique. <clears throat> One of the things that we wanted to focus on was not only equipping parents, but equipping children. Right. Too often we overlook what is in our homes. Mm-hmm. And and even and I, I would say even for people who feel a sense of calling um, for ministry, mm-hmm. when when you begin to feel that calling, unfortunately, there is this immediate thought that the ministry is only ministry if it takes place outside of your home. Right. 
Right. Oh, okay. You, listen, you no, no, to... I'm here. Okay, I'm just, I'm just were... like, I'm just thinking about that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, you know, I, I'm sorry for the dramatic pause. I know you're like, hold on longer than eight seconds. <laughs> Where did she go? No, I'm here. I'm just thinking this has sort of been a flaw in the modern context of church. Mm-hmm. That when we say that the church exists to equip the saints for the work of ministry, mm-hmm that we, we tend to limit that to what is happening either on the platform right. or within the context of the church, the building, so right. to speak. Right. But we don't look at that in terms of where we are in our lives, like where we live and where we interact, our family structure. And the Bible has so much to say um, about how our families are to be run for the glory of God. And that is a ministry. And so anyways, I'm off on a tangent here, but the... <laughs> the major point that I wanted to make is that the marriage family life conference does not exclude children on purpose. That's right. That's, that's, it's built for in. Purpose. It's, it's built, built in. in. We want families to come. And the thing is, if you look at what, you know, uh, people who hate God are doing, they are going through After. great lengths to indoctrinate our children. And Listen. they understand the value of getting a, a mind as young and having them be trained up in the way that they would like for them to go. <laughs> they understand. They put money behind it. They put mm-hmm. resources behind it. They put their time and effort behind that. And but a lot of times we in the church are playing from behind, like we're playing defense on because of what the world is doing. Like yes. we we are the constant goalies, mm-hmm. you know, trying to block the ball. And we have to have a, a, a point a point where we are on offense. Yes, and so this right. is a, a a chance to be on offense. And yeah. I, you know, I know it's a conference, but man, we're not looking at it. No, as you know, <laughs> we're going to have your children and we're going to babysit them while you go to the right. the real conference for the adults. No, they're going to be equipped. You know, at the same time you're being equipped, and so we take that seriously. We talk about it. You know, on the show all the time, we highlight what's going on in the culture. You know, as, as far as our kids are concerned. Mm-hmm. But this is a, a effort uh, to to do something as well, and to put some resources in families and say, "Man, we care about what's happening with our children." The speakers and the teachers who are going to be teaching um, in the youth apologetics track for kids ages four to seventeen, which will eventually bring me back to talking about the Warrens, but. Um, the youth apologetics track is for kids ages four to 17. Mm-hmm. The teachers, the instructors, um, the speakers have been specifically chosen because of their ability to defend the faith and to teach children to do it. Mm-hmm. This is not like a, um, oh, let's think who can we get? The bar is high. Mm-hmm. And and Maria, mm-hmm. who directs the youth apologetics track, yes. set the bar high year one. Year That's right. one. <laughs> That's right. We're not looking for babysitters. We are not looking for people who, you know, just and listen, there's nothing wrong with it. There's fun time. And let me let me also say this. They're kids. Mm-hmm. So they also oh, yeah. throw the balls around right. in the gym and they, they have to they have to have some energy that they burn off. And you're welcome. They are allowed to do that. <laughs> right. So you get them home a little bit tired. Um, but at the same time, the 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 days are not spent with them receiving coloring sheets. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with coloring sheets. I like a good coloring page myself. <laughs> all right. But we are in sort of like this. This is the final countdown type Come of on, thing. Man. And the things that we once did that we thought served us well. Time has shown us that it has not. 
And what do I mean by that? I mean that the church is hemorrhaging young people. Mm. The church is hemorrhaging young people. People are walking away from the church, quote unquote. And, and honestly, if we take a step back, they don't even know what it is that they've been taught all these years. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we kind of we take a step back and we're like, mm, I mean, I don't know. I just my my parents do this. Like, I don't know. Mm. You know, and it's more common than we realize. And oh, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where. Until I was discipled, until I had someone actively walk alongside me and show me how to live out my faith, it was just sort of, well, yeah, of course I'm a Christian. Right. And so many of our kids are in this place. They are not equipped to defend the faith in an aggressive culture. Now, listen, our kids have not been (laughs) equipped to defend the faith in a which you could argue that it was never passive, but they were not equipped in a passive culture Mm -hmm. and we lost them. Mm. How much more so now in an aggressive culture? Mm-hmm. We've got a culture that is so after your kids. And I don't mean to personify the culture. I know that it's made up of people. I'm well aware. But if I could just for a second personify the culture, we live in a time where the culture will walk up to your door at your house <laughs> and come in and take your kids. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? And this is happening every day through media. Mm hmm. This is happening every day through the way that they are educated. Yeah. So what must we do as the church? We must not continue ignoring them and expecting a different result. So to that end, to that end, after the first year of doing the conference yeah. and having the apologetics track, I, I think it went up to like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And the, the outcry was overwhelming. Like, hey, what about my teenagers? Right. What about my teenagers? Right. right? So we started thinking about this and praying about this. Lord, is this is this something that you want us to do? If it is, you will have to provide the people to do this. Right. And then lo and behold, we meet the Warrens. We have to go all the way to North Carolina <laughs> to meet the Warrens. Mm-hmm. And and I met Amy Warren at a conference that I was speaking at at a, a youth summer camp. Mm-hmm. And Amy's children were there. And they said, I now take this as the biggest compliment. <laughs> they said, you remind us of our mom. Mm. Like, and I think she had a niece that was there and said, you remind me of my aunt. You have to meet her. So as soon as I start talking to Amy, Amy says something. Now, we had kind of, if you will, coined this kind of catchphrase. We talked about culture proofing our kids, mm-hmm. culture proofing our kids. And as I'm talking to Amy, Amy says, the thing that we're trying to do is get our kids out into the culture without getting the culture into them. Mm-hmm. I said, <laughs> you, yep. you mean like culture proof? She goes, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what we're trying to do. And so we start talking about this. And then I learned what she and Mark have been doing for years mm-hmm. in training young kids, training youth in apologetics, mm-hmm. teaching them how to defend the, the faith, how to take what is happening in the culture right now and apply their faith to it. What does it look like to live as a believer? And this is what our kids need to know. And, and let me just say this too. We are guilty of selling our kids way too short. Yeah, They can get this. They can navigate the culture. They can defend the faith for the glory of God, but we have not trusted them to do it. We've said, well, you know, when they're in their later 20s, you know, when they kind of settle down and start having kids, then we'll really kind of like, you know, expect to see some fruit there, expect to see what? <laughs> and the world is not waiting for this. The, the world is moving right now at breakneck speed. The world is moving and saying, if you don't have any use for those kids, it's I, I often use the sort of the picture of, 
you know, the world is like, you're not going to eat that. <laughs> you know, they're They'll staring at it. our plates. Right. And, and we're all, we're so busy. We've got so much other stuff going on. And the world is like, so, so you're not going to write on that tablet. Well, give, give it to me. And, and in fact, that's exactly what we're looking at. We are looking at the result of the world writing on the tablets of our kids' hearts and telling them who they are, telling them who they're not, telling them what is real, telling them what isn't. And our kids are listening to this constantly. And, you know, and in fact, man, you know, I was, I was talking um, recently mm-hmm. and someone was talking about their kid who, you know, was saying things like, you know, well, you know, that's, that's kind of your truth. That's not really my truth. Mm-hmm. And, and my question was, where did that idea come from? Yeah. You see, that is an idea that has to be written on a kid's heart. If your kid, now think about this. You are a Christian. You're raising your kid in a Christian context. Please understand. Get this picture. And your kid says to you that Christianity is your truth. That's what you believe. Okay, that's great that you have had that experience with God. Please understand that somewhere along the line, and this was my question, somewhere along the line, that was written on that kid's tablet. Somebody said that to that kid that provoked them, right, to start exploring, hey, the possibility that I can reject this Mm. and I can reject it with an intellectual sort of like rejection. Like I can, I can say something that kind of sounds weighted when I say that is your truth and this is my truth. And so then you ask the question. So, and this was my question, where did your child get that? And this is, this is, this is the moment where the silence kind of like tells the story. It's like, you know, you know, I, I guess the world. Mm. Okay. And so where specifically, what, what I'm driving at is this. There are messages that are daily being written on the hearts and the minds of our children every single day. The question is, what is the message and where is it coming from? And too often what we're doing as parents is we learn about the message and then we go in and we're trying to scrub it from the mainframe. <laughs> when what the Lord has entrusted to us is the work of writing the message that we have received We have received the truth. We are to be writing that message on the tablet of our kids' hearts. We are to be writing that message on their mind. We we ought to be making the world compete. But as it is, we are competing. We are competing. Yeah. And trying to catch up. Anyways, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be back with Pastor Mark and our sister Amy Warren. So stay right. Hear ye, hear ye, it's a flood warning, it's easy to mock, if you've never seen it pouring, they like, we've never seen rain before, they hear you come saying God sent us gonna pour, so we choose our way and reject salvation though it's priceless, the same reason was stone a prophet but the sort of psychic, so please remember, when Noah was the butt of the joke, but when the flood came, those who left was chasing his boat, but it was too late, no man could stay afloat. Michael Phelps and All right, welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Today we are emphasizing and drawing your attention to the Marriage Family Life Conference that is happening June 24th through the 26th mm-hmm. uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi. And early bird registration runs until April 1st. And so today uh, we've turned, uh, I guess, all of our programs to a special focus yeah. on the conference, letting you hear from some of our speakers and presenters. And um, we wanted to talk with the Warrens because they are overseeing 
the Youth Apologetics Track for kids ages 13 to 17. And so we wanted you to meet them and uh, hear some of the topics that will be discussed. But before we do that, Mm-mm. I want to um, read for you mm-hmm. their bios. Okay. Because I think it's only fitting. This is your first time. <laughs> Um, really kind of getting to meet them in the context of them participating in this conference. Mm-hmm. And so that you will know, because I think any good parent um, has the legitimate question like, well, who are these people that right. you're asking us to entrust our kids to? Right. In fact, if you didn't ask that question, I would wonder about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can just turn your kids over and just be like, all right. Although, you know, no, no, never, never do that. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not even not even for us. Right. OK, so here we go. Pastor Mark Warren. Um, has been the lead pastor of Church at the Crossroads since 2017. He's been teaching the Bible to young people and adults for almost 30 years. He's a gifted teacher who is passionate about helping others learn to read, understand, and obey God's word. He holds a bachelor's degree from Columbia International University in Bible education and a master of arts degree in Christian apologetics with studies in church planting and growth. He's currently a Ph.D. student of Bible exposition at Liberty University. Pastor Mark teaches high school, plays several instruments, writes music and enjoys sports. He's loving husband, a loving husband to Amy and encouraging and patient because Amy (laughs) is similar to myself. Just a little bit, (laughs) just wound up just a little bit. But, you know, for the glory of God, Uh, they have two daughters, Chloe and Ivy, beautiful girls. I mean, just such a testament of the work that they have put into discipling their kids. Um, And then Amy joins us as well. Amy directs Main Street Student Ministries, Youth Alive Outreach, and she helps lead worship at Church at the Crossroads. She has worked with children and youth for over 25 years, helping churches develop ministries to reach young people for Christ. She's trained volunteers and helped parents understand how to best reach this generation with truth. Amy's passion is to see today's youth living as bold disciples of Jesus and transforming the culture. She holds an undergraduate degree in Christian ministry, a master of arts degree in religion with emphasis on apologetics from Southern Evangelical Seminary and is currently studying. And at the time that we have the conference will be done, I think, and be officially commissioned. She'll tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, But studying with the Colson Fellows Program, Amy, Pastor Mark, thank you guys for joining us. Thank Thank you. you for having us. Now, if you guys want to just give us social security numbers and all that, we'll have everything <laughs> that we need to know about who you people are. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Look, you've done a lot. And I, I, I think people need to know because, you know, I really feel like the Lord um, allowed us to meet you mm-hmm. at the time that we were praying about expanding the youth apologetics track uh, specifically for teens. Um, and you guys just came along at the right time and, and just talking with you and praying about this. Um, it just seemed obvious to us that you guys were the fit, the ones that the Lord uh, wanted to be a part of this. Um, Mark, let's start with you. Talk about okay. the great need for influencing young young adults for the glory of God. Yes. Um, we, we try to, at the church, we try to develop uh, teenagers, young people, because they're not just... Um, the church of the future, they're really part of the church of the day. Mm-hmm. And we, we want to uh, develop and invest. Uh, we, we do a lot with music, teaching kids to uh, play music, and we try
try to develop them through discipleship with uh, small groups and mission opportunities, and and that's very that's you know very important to us. Not only that um, teenagers know what they believe, but they can um, express their faith in practical ways and to serve, not just um, not just preach at the world, but be able to um, be servants of Christ as well. Hmm. Amy, what are the challenges to this? I know that you guys are both, I mean, it's just obvious in, in your bios, but also I think in the course of this conversation, our listeners will be able to hear your passion and your love uh, for kids or for youth. But what are the challenges to equipping our kids to defend the faith that you've encountered in all of these years of uh, teaching apologetics? Oh, gosh. Um so many, but I think fundamentally it really is just a detour from the church, from what the church is supposed to be. I think um, the biggest obstacle right now is um, the church seems to have lost its um, its purpose. Um, you know, when we look at the first century church, um, the first century church didn't just go to church. They were the church mm-hmm. and their very identity was that of believers, followers and imitators of Christ. And we have so compartmentalized our faith and our culture mm-hmm. that the young people around us and the young people that we're trying to reach are not getting the message that the church is who they are, not what they do. Mm. And in that same vein, you know, we see kids and this is, again, another obstacle. We see kids receiving about 14,000 seed hours of instruction in secular humanism. Mm. And we're trying to compete with that in the church with 1400 hours (laughs) of 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 church. And that's that's if you know, that's if you're a Bible thumper and you go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. If you only show up on church on 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 Sundays, that's 14. That's 700 hours. And you're competing with 14,000 seat hours of instruction in secular humanism, you know, wow. and, and I think, I think when you look at the reality of what our kids are facing, um, you know, a church that's not willing to die for the truth of Christ will bow to a wicked culture. Mm-hmm. Mm, and, and I, I think, think another, I another obstacle that. there is that we're just not doing our homework. You know, our mm-hmm. kids have questions that they need answers to. And the Christian framework best under, best answers those questions for them. They need to know that science, philosophy, theology, all of it makes the most sense within the context of his context mm-hmm. of historical biblical Christianity. Because as you guys said, you know, the world is not playing games. Our mm-hmm. current cultural moment sees Christianity as a threat to be extinguished. Mm-hmm. And our kids' minds are their target. Mm. Wow. You know, I'm thinking about what you said, Amy. You said that um, parents that we're not doing our homework, like we're not we're not putting in the work. Um, Mark, I'll just go back to you. Um, in the context of um, pastoring a church, you know, is that something that is sort of glaring? That the experience of most parents is that we don't know where to begin. Like, what is it? Because it maybe there's the feeling that what we have done was enough for us. Like we're still a part of the church. So maybe there's not this feeling of this clear and present danger. Um, is that, do, do you get that as a pastor? Well, you know, there people come, come to church and, and your goals is to, um, for them to come to Christ and to begin to grow in Christ. 
and part of the discipleship process is is just having knowledge that you will respond to in a day. There, there are some instances where kids know the truth and they're just not motivated. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing more now, to kind of answer your question, is kids who don't know the truth. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past, you know, if they got off track, they knew how to get back on track. Now, you know, you're dealing with kids that have more despair and and they don't know where the track is. So you have to do things that I would have considered basic and foundational with more kids mm-hmm. because they're coming to church. Often kids come, and we have several kids who would come, and you don't see the parents, mm-hmm. you know, but they're 16 and 17, and, you know, somebody's invited them to church. So you're you're starting from square one. You're, you're presenting the gospel, and it, it's a... It's a great time to be alive because there's tremendous opportunities to share the gospel, and it's a it's a hurting world out there. So this is this is the time for followers of the Christ to just step up and and share share the gospel and to disciple and equip students to follow and obey Christ, leading to you know a life where they they serve Christ and. And that, like Amy said, that is the, you know, the fulfillment of a life mm-hmm. is, you know, living, living for Christ and being willing to, to die for Christ and, and mm-hmm. being convinced, being ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. Yeah. And then living that life out in practical ways where people can see it in the, in the culture. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I just want to say right here, if anyone is interested and seeing some of the things that will be covered uh, in Mark and, and Amy's uh, sessions, you can go to uh, marriagefamilylife.net, and under where uh, it says registration, there's a, a youth apologetics track session for ages 13 to 17, and you can see some of the things that they will be talking about uh, so you can get an idea of what uh, your, your children will be uh, learning. And so I, I, you know, I advise you to, to do that just so you can see um, some of the things is is real po- really powerful. Well, some of it we can talk about here, though. I mm-hmm. I want to ex I I actually want to have them, uh, if it's okay, mm-hmm. I want to have them talk a little bit about what they're going to discuss. Not to make the presentation here, obviously. Right. You know, I mean, there's several <laughs> sessions. Um, but I do think that it's important for parents to go to the website and check it out. But then also maybe if we could mention just a little bit about what will be covered. Mm-hmm. Um. Based on, I guess, what's most pressing, but really when you start to talk about that, Amy, it's hard to pick the (laughs) one thing that's most pressing because the need is sort of like (laughs) multifaceted, is it not? It is. It is absolutely. It all sort of, you know, you look at the, you look at the, the, the most pressing, you know, cultural trends that the issues that these kids are facing and you look at the breakdown of the family, you look at Mm -hmm. the mass exodus of young people from the church after graduating high school, you look at the idea that truth is subjective, which causes just mass chaos, right? You look at the epidemic of sadness, the epidemic of pornography, LGBTQ, gender confusion, all of these things really do, when you boil them down, stem from the idea that we can make sense of human value, human dignity, and human equality apart from a transcendent God. And we have so untethered what it means to be human from the image of God 
that it has created an incoherent culture of confusion and inconsistency. And we see this really played out in all of these issues, the abortion debate, the gender debate, the LGBTQ debate, the family debate, all of it stems from this fundamental untethering of what it means to be human mm. from the image of God. And this has called, caused massive chaos in our young people. Amy, so how do we, man, I, I'm telling you, because I, I'm listening to this right now and I'm like, okay, I got, I'm going to sit in it. I got to take the course too. Like, so, <laughs> I, so how do you take these truths that you've just presented and how do you make this come alive for someone between the ages of 14 and 17? Because these concepts, if we are just to be frank about these things, these concepts are difficult for us as adults to make the connection. We're like, you know, we see things happening in the culture, but we have a hard time going back to the root and understanding where it all emanates from, right? So how do you Absolutely. do that for young kids? You know, kids are, young kids, Generation Z, which is the generation born between 97 and about 2012 to 2015 or so, they are so... Um, they're so inquisitive. They they are they really are sort of just um, pushed along by stories. They 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 are faced with this sort of ocean of competing ideas of what's good, beautiful, and true. They're technology natives. They're creative. They're mm -hmm. resourceful, and they're passionate about human rights. But they're also lonely, and they're very angry. And this is this is because they've been fed the steady diet of incoherent unbiblical ideas mm -hmm. that has prevented them from seeing God's story. And they are hungry to see the story. They want to know how it makes sense. And I think for young people, giving them a systematic understanding of God's story, right? A story that takes them through creation, through the fall. Um, the redemption that that was bought by Christ and mm -hmm. the restoration that is is going on now and, and will be fulfilled in Christ's coming, that story helps them see reality as it is. Man, and it answers their, beautiful. I'm sorry, and no, it answers ahead, their ultimate questions. You know, where did it all come from? What is right and what is wrong? How should I act? What's my purpose and what happens in the end? It's a story that provides clarity and hope for young people. And I really believe that given this knowledge, you know, Mark and I both believe that given this knowledge, teens are one of the church's greatest resources. Mm. Um, you know, the Bible says that the glory of the young is in their strength. And mm. I mean, why not tap into that, right? This yeah. precious generation is waiting for us to help them make sense of life. Man, that's beautiful. I, I'm telling you, the closer we get to the conference, um, the more excited I feel. And not just empty excitement that, you know, just kind of like empty giddiness, but just an excitement that we can do what God expects us to do. Right. Like we can do what, what, what the Lord Jesus Christ died that we might achieve. We can do it. We can equip our kids to hold the faith that we pass down to them. This one faith that was once for all delivered, man, we can keep it intact, get it to our kids and expect them to get it to their kids. It takes work, but we have to put in that work. Um, but you know, and I'm not trying to be clever here, but I think the work will work to say it simply. We got to grab the break. We'll come right back with our brother, Mark and Amy Warren, Aaron, the Addison's American family radio. Stay right there.
Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We really do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Mercy Me with Even If. Our guests uh, joining us this hour to talk about the Marriage Family Life Conference and their roles, Mm -hmm. um, teaching youth apologetics at the conference, Pastor Mark Warren and his wife, Amy Warren. Um, Both of them are apologists and are equipping young people to defend the faith, uh, equipping them to stand in this culture that is very aggressive. Very, very. Very. And I don't know. There may be some people who would say it's always been aggressive. Mm. Um, I I think more than we've ever seen. More (laughs) More than than we've ever seen. That's what I would Uh, say. Amy, Mark, would you guys agree with that? Are we do you feel like the culture is more aggressive than we have experienced in times past? Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, we have to be proactive and Mm -hmm. engage the culture and not be afraid to uh, speak the truth in love. Yeah. Although I do, I do think it's important to um, to speak the truth in love and not just uh, tell a person what to do, but tell them, you know, why they need to do it and how to do it. And mm-hmm. part of our goal is Amy is more of uh, this is why you do it, and I'm more of this is how you do it. Mm. In our our approach, we kind of. You know, we kind of work work as a team, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, um, you know, she might talk about creation. My topics would probably be more the resurrection and, mm-hmm. you know, why does God allow suffering? Mm-hmm. And she's going to get more into the cultural issues. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we go back and forth, and as you, you guys probably do, we, we talk about this a lot of times mm-hmm. in the evening. You know, we have debates ourselves (laughs) with our kids (laughs) you know to kind of you know sharpen you know i might overlook something and she'll say well mark have you considered this and um and i tend to be are you really serious that music is that bad she goes you need to listen to it it's even worse than you thought man Look, I love it. I love it. This is this is a part of what really has drawn Will and I to you guys. Um, We kind of feel like it's a mirror, like we're looking in a mirror. Um, Even even the way you guys interact with one another. I mean, it's just it's so familiar. You know what I mean? It's just and you can see the beauty of what God did and bringing you guys together for his glory. But then Mm -hmm. also the way that he has gifted you both. Um, But those gifts seem to function best together like there is a there's a way that you guys play off one another Mm -hmm. that i personally appreciate and i hope that our attendees will appreciate as well um amy i'll just ask you um can you describe for our listeners right now those who are kind of um deciding whether or not they're going to attend the conference what might they expect in the way that the youth apologetics track for ages 14 to 17 will be structured what are you guys planning for that Absolutely. Yeah, we, you know, as as um, I had mentioned earlier, um, you know, Mark and I both uh, in working with teenagers because he's he's a high school teacher. Now I teach um, youth as well. And mm-hmm. we see youth are very um, they're very story driven. Um, they understand things when they build on um, build on themselves. And so um, our sort of strategy after, you know, much prayer and mm-hmm. as he as he mentioned, lively debate. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, we we came to this, you know, this this sort of structure where we've got to 
help them understand that there is a big story. You know, a lot of apologists like to use this sort of analogy where, um, you know, trying to put a puzzle together without a box top. Um, when you have the box top, you have the big picture and then, and then you understand where to put the pieces, um, because it, it then makes sense. You see the big picture and, um, and, you know, our aim for the conference is to help kids, um, young people see that God's story, God's story of creation, the fall, um, redemption and restoration where mm-hmm. they fall in that story. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, to help them see um, what was God's, what is God's ultimate design for each of the relationships that were broken in the fall. Mm -hmm. Those relationships being our relationship with him, Mm -hmm. our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with one another, and then our relationship with the world, creation, um, the earth. Um, And so within that structure, you really get to see God's hand and design and, and, and our hope and our prayer is that they will begin to see pieces falling into place. Mm -hmm. And so you guys will allow for um, what you're calling discovery and discussion. So Mm -hmm. times where you will be presenting and teaching, but then also where um, there will be small group interaction. So they will have the opportunity to really discuss what has been presented to them, which so often I think that at a conference, that's what most people are craving, the opportunity to be able to unpack what Mm -hmm. has just been discussed. And you guys are going to do that, right? Absolutely. Mark can can speak to that better. He is is the small group guru. (laughs) 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 He does it well. Well, Absolutely. Uh, What we like to do is to... uh, teach and present and then to kind of work it out through a small group uh, discussion. So we're looking at the the knowledge part, the facts, and then we're trying to uh, gain meaning and understanding. And then we ask the question, what does that look like today? You know, what does this look like in your home? What does it look like in your school? Uh, What does it look like in your family? you know, how um, you would work it out. And the the thought, the goal of a small group is to just uh, allow people to to share and to um, dig a little deeper. And I can remember being in youth group when I was a teenager and going to youth group and, you know, you have that uh, friend that's on the fence. He's not really sure. And it, you know, you come back to the church and you give testimony, and and he stands up and shares how he surrendered his life to Christ. Hmm. And our goal, you know, the threefold goal, you know, with those topics is that we would present Christ, so that people, if they didn't know Christ, they would have an opportunity to come to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And also that, so good. that that they would be able to develop a strategy and a plan for spiritual growth so that they could grow spiritually and then plug in. As Amy said, we, we, we passionately believe that kids, you know, can do ministry, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that ministry is not just for the Mm grownups that, you know, the church needs to be filled with young people. We need to reach young people. And who better to reach young people than other young people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are equipping 
in sending them back to their culture as um, disciple makers. Yes, yeah. yes, you that know, is excellent. Go I ahead. wanted to ask, and this is uh, kind of off topic, but not really. But when we came to visit you guys, uh, your church, you, Mark, uh, have this thing going on where you're teaching kids how to play the guitar and how that's become <laughs> like a, a, a big ministry tool. Can you talk just a right. little bit about that, man? I, I that's think that's great. so cool. Well, what it was is we had paid a lot of money for our kids to take uh, music <laughs> lessons over the years. And I felt bad for parents having to pay so much money. And a lot of times kids didn't really stick with it. Mm-hmm. So me and one of the um, guitar players, we started teaching lessons. And we had no idea that it would, you know, we would end up with a youth band. And I think we've taught about 25 kids how to play the guitar. Wow. In a couple of years. Wow. So we've, we even, you know, the older men of the church got a little jealous. So we started an old man band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we, we took some Lauren Daigle songs and uh, put some distortion on it, and God's Geezers was born. God's Geezers. <laughs> That's funny. Listen now, there is somebody who wasn't planning on coming until you just said that. And they, they were like, well, now I think I'm going to check them out. I think I'm going to bring my guitar. No, I think it's wonderful, though. It just shows that really everything that we have, the Lord has given us, right? Like all the things that we need, the Lord has provided for Mm -hmm. us in the context of the body of Christ. I want to ask this question, and and I'll give you guys a moment to... It's got to be less than eight seconds or, you know, it's going to be problems (laughs) to pause and, and think about your response. So in eight seconds, let me set it up this way. We think in the church that we are moving toward a goal as it pertains to our young people. Like we, we have this idea in mind of like how we're going to turn things around and see something different happen in the church. I'm wondering if we have actually envisioned what that will look like. And so I want to ask each of you, what does it look like for our kids in church, our young people in church to be healthy and living, um, I, I would say, at the height of what God expects of them? And then how, how do we as parents kind of get there? What does that all look like if we could sum it up in a picture? Mm, wow. Um, I think it looks like the first century church. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you have young people who are not afraid to share their faith. I think you have young people who are not afraid of asking their coworkers to come to church. I think mm-hmm. you have young people who are known by the way they treat others with love and compassion and kindness when they're out in um, at their jobs, when they're um, when they're speaking to um, their their peers in schools, mm-hmm. when they are speaking to adults. I think it looks like um, a family of believers that would rather be hanging out at church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you know, guys got that going on for sure. Then, 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 you know, making a fool out of themselves in, in, in their community. Yeah. Um, I think it looks like, um, which, which is one thing I, I just feel so blessed to be able to witness at our churches. Um, you know, you've got some of the young people who came in, learned guitar, and now they're teaching their parents how to play guitar. And That's that cool. has formed a bond. And they come together to small groups. They learn the scriptures together. 
Um, I think it looks like a give and take and an understanding that young people have a big role to play in the church. Mm, so good. Pastor Mark? Right. I think um, it, it's real. Um, when I've talked to people and I said, what, what do you feel is most important in your relationship here in the church? And they say, I like that it's real. I think uh, it's time for young people to stop being fake. It's time for adults and parents to not be fake, be real. If Jesus rose from the dead and he's Lord, then he deserves 100% of our lives, you know, and we need to live for him uh, no matter what it means uh, in our culture. And we can't tiptoe around. We need to speak the truth, speak it in love. But we, you know, the first century church prayed for boldness. Mm. They didn't pray to avoid persecution. Mm-hmm. And um, I think kids uh, look to us, and if we are just going through the motions, um, they they pick up on that. Yeah. So my prayer is that we would, you know, live out our faith and be real. When I when I preach, after I preach, I get in the car. You know, I have to ask my kids. Am I doing what I what I said? Mm-hmm. Because I need to mm-hmm. I need to do what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and you know and that's being honest when I make a mistake. That's not trying to say you know that I wasn't wrong because we're we live in a fallen world, mm-hmm. and I believe there's no sin that Christ cannot help us overcome. Mm-hmm. But we're not perfect in this world. We're right. still mm-hmm. growing spiritually. Sanctification is a work. Mm-hmm. And as we're growing spiritually, um, I think it's important that we communicate to young people and, and believe ourselves that um, God, you know, Christ lives in us, the hope of glory, and we can we can live a life of boldness and confidence and share our faith and live out things and overcome these things that the world is trying to uh, rationalize. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we are, we are set free and I think they need to see it Mm -hmm. and not just hear us coming down and, and putting them down and pointing the finger. They need to see the power of Christ living in us. Amen. 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 Amy, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, just, you know, I I think, I think they need to, I, I think we need to live, um, like we believe that God is sovereign. I think um, a lot of what's missing is, you know, we have this idea that we get to invite God into our world instead of understanding, um, you know, what Genesis has taught us, that we get to live in God's world. Mm. Um, and he's in control and, and, and he is loving and he is good and he has good things for us. Um, but that we would be willing to lay down our lives for the, for the cause of Christ. Amen. Man, listen, I love you guys. And I, I am in awe at the way that the Lord um, brought us together. I, I really, I glorify God because of Amen. what he does, you know, in our simple everyday lives um, to achieve the purpose that he set. I mean, you Amen. know, it, anyways, thank you guys so much for joining us today and being a part of the conference, the Marriage Family Life Conference. You can go to marriagefamilylife.net to register. We are out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.